Welcome to Life in Our Skin, a podcast created to share the lived experiences of underrepresented women who often find themselves between the white and black communities. In this space, we explore how identity, immigration, and culture impacts our perspectives and relationships. I'm Anahita Champion, a first-generation immigrant, a communication strategist for mom-owned businesses, youth advocate, and philanthropist. And I'm Lisa Harris, a multiracial woman, author, storyteller, and narrative coach who guides women on their personal growth and healing journeys. Join us as we share life in our skin, raw and unedited. Welcome. Hi. Good morning. It's morning for us right now. So we're recording in the morning and we're excited to be here again. But most importantly, we're going to have a little fun with this episode. We are exploring our childhood with the toys and the shows that we played with. So Anahita and I have been talking over the last several years. We've definitely talked about this several times is our dolls and the princesses, the Disney princesses. So I'm just going to start off with that so our audience knows how we're going to take this next half hour and and have a little fun and to get a glimpse of what it was like to be the little girl versions of Anahita and Lisa. And maybe it's something that our our audience who is somewhere in the middle can relate to. So I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it over at you. Okay. So let's just set the stage here. Are you okay with the revealing ages or should we steer clear? Oh goodness, girl. I am as old as I am. I, I, I she got it. it. In I 1974, own it. Lisa Gedney is born. In 1984, Anahita Arar is born. Clearly we've been married and changed our last name since, but between I am, and I'm saying the years because we grew up 10 years apart. And so our childhood experiences with the toys we played with, the shows we watched and the movies that came out during that decade, a difference, well, and then some is different. It started, yeah. there were some similarities, right? We were, we've been talking about this for years, but just before we hopped on this recording, there's variations in character representation what was trending what was what came out when so let's just ask lisa we're doing a little volleying popcorn style here what was when you were like a when young lisa was what was playing with dolls or toys what was in your toy box what was on the store shelf Yes. So I will first have to correct my dear friend, Anahita. Um, <laughs> I was born, and this is another story we're not going to talk about today, but I was born Lisa Deerking. Deerking. I was born Lisa Deerking. Okay. And I'm, in 19, I'm learning something. Yes. In 19, I don't remember. 19. 89, I legally changed my name to Lisa Gedney. It was a family decision, which we'll talk on another time. Another episode. And so 
Um, Lisa Dierking as a little girl. And now I just totally blew on Ada's mind. Sorry. I feel like I'm just <laughs> meeting my good friend for the first time. I'm all warm and sweaty inside now. What's going on? So talking about dolls, I was a doll girl. So talking about toys, I was a Barbie girl. I had tons of Barbies. That's what I always wanted for Christmas. And one of the things as we were talking about representation in dolls back in, so, you know, I was born in 74. So it was, you know, really the late seventies, early eighties when I was playing with dolls. And for me, there weren't really a lot of ethnic dolls. We did do some research and it did say that in 1980, Mattel came out with their first black African-American doll. Um, but I don't remember in my town or in my store that I ever really saw ethnic dolls. And I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. So why would they really have ethnic dolls in the store? So even though online it says they came out with it, I don't know what the distribution really was. Um, so I remember gosh, I don't know, maybe it was somewhere, I'd have to go online to see what year Todd and Tracy came out. Like if you Google it right now, we probably could figure it out. But Todd and Tracy came out and I was so excited because it was a bride and groom and all the other bride and grooms prior to that were, you know, light-skinned, blonde, um, Ken with the blonde hair. And when Todd and Tracy came out, Todd and Tracy both had brown hair. And I remember that was what I wanted for Christmas. I got Tom and Tracy for Christmas. And every time I would play with dolls, I would, I would be Tracy because all my other dolls had blonde hair. <laughs> um, and Anahita just pulled it up for me. Um, Todd and Tracy Barbie doll commercial came out in 1982. So I would have been in second grade. And I even, and I have actually, my family who knows me, I've kept all my Barbie dolls. And they're in my attic right now. And I'm pretty sure Tracy is, I'm almost 100% sure Tracy is the only brown hair Barbie in that, in, in all of my Barbies, number one. And number two, now that you're going to find this entertaining, which I didn't mention earlier when we were chatting, <laughs> is I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. And I had the Michael Jackson Barbie. Did you have so my haired one or the fro? No, what he Jackson? just had his head was just painted. It was painted. And he didn't oh, have wow. real hair. And he had, I think it was the thriller. It was the thriller Michael Jackson doll. With the red jacket. So, He's what? The red jacket. The hair. The, you have to at least see this talks about now I'm getting heated. This talks about the time of, of when they created these dolls. They couldn't even give like the actual hair. I don't think oh, no, he did. Yeah, it was painted. Yeah, boo. Anyways, but you had Michael with his I had Michael Jackson. So those were my those were my ethnic dolls. It was Tracy. She was not ethnic, but in my mind, she was ethnic. And then there was Michael Jackson. And those were the dolls I played with when I was growing up. I mean, honestly, I don't know, like I said, what dolls were really in my area. Because I think the distribution is is also something definitely to consider. Like dolls might have been out, like mm -hmm. I mentioned, 
whether they were, you know, baby dolls or Barbie dolls, but there was no distribution in our area where mm -hmm. they would actually sell those dolls. So, mm -hmm. and we'll just keep it for, with dolls right now. So that's, yeah. that was 1982. 1982. So then I was born in 84 in Iran. So I was two when we moved here. Um, and the, and the earliest memory I have was Barbies. I was obsessed with Barbies till probably my tweens. I had everything, the living room set, the convertible, the beds, the this, the that. But when we moved here, my, we didn't have a lot. We had like eight suitcases, family of five, um, very few toys. But when we went back to Iran in 1992, we dug out the toys that my grandma was keeping that were my sisters. Yeah. And that was the first time we had visited since we moved from Iran. And in this toy chest were all these Barbie toys that my sister had. And you're talking like, some of them were made in France, actually. It was really cool, like really great quality. Everything was like, it's from France. It's amazing. That's not French. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure I offended everybody right now. Sorry. But there was this thing of like, oh, her French dolls, her French toys. In the toy chest, I was six years old, was um, a couple of white dolls, one, two white dolls, two white Barbies, one African-American doll, oh. her name is Gigi, and all this Barbie stuff. So anyways, I'll leave that there. I, of course, with my suitcase was like, mom, the suitcase is empty because we bring all these souvenirs when we travel. I'm going to bring all the Barbies home. So I brought it home, set it up. And I was like loving the fact that they were my sisters. And she's 11 years older than me. So a year older than you. And I looked around a little when I was like a little, maybe like six, seven or eight. And I realized um, the Teresa Barbie that was coming out from yeah. you know, the store shelves had the brown hair. Yeah. Caucasian with dark hair. Closest thing you can Teresa. get to ethnic. So I wanted the Teresa doll. And that's actually really funny how that may have subconsciously been in the back of my mind because today when Roya plays with her dolls, if she gets a um, lighter, a darker complexion doll mm -hmm. with brown hair, I, I name her Teresa. I had never thought of that before. I was like, let's name her Teresa. And I bet that's probably why. Anyhow, so I digress. So I played with a ton of Barbies. I had two Ken dolls. Um, they were all just about the same complexion, except for Teresa had brown the brown hair. I know. It's funny you said that because I remember Teresa. <laughs> um, we sound crazy now. We sound I, so crazy. Well, I'm, a, I'm also just so our, our listeners. I remember know. Teresa. She must have come out soon after Tracy or around Tracy, I swear. I'm because yeah. I remember Teresa. I wonder if I... I wonder if I have Teresa. Maybe I have two brown hair. Now I want to go in the attic. Can both. I come over and play Barbie? Seriously, you should come over because <laughs> Vanessa never really liked Barbie. So I always planned to give them to her. And now I'm just going to give them to my grandchildren. I know I don't have grandchildren, but. Eventually. Oh yeah. No, I don't recognize her. So Anahita is pulling it up right now, guys. Well, so, but, here's the thing. but they've had many renditions and I hope That's and I true. think That's that Teresa true. today has more curves and maybe not nine feet tall if we brought her to life with like a 
four inch waist. Oh yeah. That's a different conversation. <laughs> that's a different conversation. So no, I think this is the original Teresa down there in that, in that yellow dress. See that yellow dress down the there? The gold sparkly one. I think that might be the original one. Cause I do recognize the name. 35th anniversary. So Ooh. sometime in the 88, 97. No, Ooh. that makes more, that 80, makes 80, 86. 86. Okay. That makes sense. Cause 1982 Tracy and Todd came out. Oh, Tracy and Todd. Oh, Tracy and Todd. Okay, folks. So we're going to do the next episode from Lisa's attic and we're <laughs> the dolls in real time. And then did you ever like make your dolls like make out and like change their clothes and do their oh. hair? I oh, know yeah. it was not. The they old. were always going in the convertible. I mean, they were like in the Corvette all the time. I mean, they were going to the the best parties. Yeah, talk about living when you're four years old. <laughs> I know, seriously. So okay, that's so dolls. That's Barbie dolls. Now, dolls, dolls. Um, I mentioned to you the Gigi doll that my sister had yeah. growing up, and she still has it today because she made her way to the U.S. and then back to Minnesota, and then now she's in California with my sister. When I took Roy to visit my sister uh, five years ago, because she was a baby. She set up a pack and play and in the pack and play was two stuffed animals, the white doll, the French girl, and then Gigi. It was so sweet. My sister was so excited, not only to give her a doll that my sister played with, but because she was really proud that it was a black doll. I love that. Six month old Roya, you know, she still has a fairly light complexion, but today- Today, her dolls look very different than my dolls did. I had, I think I had one cabbage patch. She may have had um, a light chocolatey brown. She wasn't a white doll, but she wasn't the black cabbage patch. She was somewhere in the middle, like mixed color. And then I had just fair skin dolls because I couldn't afford the American Girl doll, Samantha, with the brown hair. Which was one and of that's your generation because American Girl didn't come out when I was little. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't. Well, now we're going to look at American Girl doll. <laughs> well, I know that there were some, but I will say the big ones, like in the early 90s. So my generation of playing, uh, Samantha. You were one of the first generations with American Girl dolls. Yeah. Samantha was one of the first dolls that I was like, oh, she looks like me, but she's 140 yeah. bucks. When did, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, American girl dolls were expensive for our family for sure. Um, well, they still I, are. That's crazy. I mean, they still are. Yeah. Um, that, it, that's, when did they come out? American girl dolls. I want to find out. I know. You guys I'm are learning so best. much with us. When did American girl doll come out? Someone already has the answer. That's listening to this screaming into the, yeah, See, if we were doing this live chat, they'd be like, Hey, oh, no, it's not. What year? Um, 1986 was founded. I know it was okay, founded in Wisconsin. I know there's got to be the history. But I didn't know when they were mass kind of like out there. So I'll keep looking. Out. I'll keep looking. But so, so those were the dolls that I really played with the most were my fair skin dolls. And um, you were at my wedding, but my dad's speech was saying, this one time I took Ani to Target to get a doll and we got there and I asked her, okay, what doll do you want? 
Do you want the white doll, the chocolate doll, the black doll, the Asian doll? And he goes, she said, I want the chocolate doll. (laughs) And it was the, everybody cracked up because clearly I married the chocolate, the chocolate guy. And so I was always geared towards the dark hair dolls, the chocolate skin. I was a very inclusive child in a very Caucasian neighborhood. So uh, that was a really cute story. That was a really Um, cute story. I remember that. But that was like, I think I had one darker complexion doll. Okay. The 35th anniversary of the original American Girl doll. So what was that? 86? Yeah. I, I looked and it was founded. The company was founded in 86. I don't know when they actually became like popular though. You know what I mean? Like usually it's a handful of years before it becomes, and obviously you could only order them online. They didn't have a brick and mortar for a while. No, not for a very long time. Yeah. And it was like in major cities too, even though this company um, was founded in Wisconsin before Mattel bought them out. So um, yeah, I actually remember when did Mattel buy them out? I actually remember when that happened. They had conventions too. I remember we went to Farsi school. It was at the U of M in a couple conference rooms. And we would always see the American Girl Doll convention come through. And I'd be so jealous because everybody had like two or three American Girl Dolls. And I'm like, where's the room with all the Samanthas? And of course there's, you know, um, there was, an, uh, there was a black doll and I think uh, indigenous? Yes, there, well, Josefina is in that picture. So Josefina is um, Mexican Aww. and I believe she's Mexican. I know she's, just, yeah, she's Mexican. And then um, what's the name of the, and the, there is a, um, a Native American doll. Um, why I can't think of her name right now, I don't know. I just bought her for my niece, um, but my daughter had, I bought Josephina for my daughter. So now the more affordable version is like our generation and then yeah. Walmart's got a whole line. So we, Victoria's doll collection, 99% of her dolls are black or biracial dolls. Not that I know their ethnic background when I say biracial, but <laughs> know that there is a lighter skin tone than Roya, darker skin. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, and we had a f- couple friends of ours, uh, our, our friends Matt and Holly gave Roya, Anna and Elsa, which she loves. And at first I was like, Roya, um, um, it's good to have m- inclusive dolls. <laughs> And she, those are like her favorite, but I was like, I just want all of her dolls to be like, like her <laughs> because I didn't have that. Yeah. And then I, I didn't have this conversation with her, but I checked myself at the door. I'm like, no, she needs yeah. to have a range of, of options. So it's interesting that you said that though, actually Anahita, because yeah. I know that there are times when I have to be careful not to project myself onto my daughter because of what I didn't necessarily have as it relates to what I knew about diversity and inclusion, what kind of representation was out there, because actually she's number one, because I'm married to a white guy. My daughter is is definitely white passing. So she's really only a quarter in my family. We say quarter, you know, brown blood. Yeah, that's what we say in our family. But you know, I mean, but she's white passing. My son's a little bit darker. Um, 
And she lives in a more diverse community than I ever did when I was her age and the world has changed, right? So there are times when I have to check myself um, of projecting, which is exactly what you just mentioned, right? Like, oh, I want her to have all these ethnic things or I want her, you know, I want this and I want that. And some of that is definitely will be important for her. But then there's also pieces where she's already being exposed to a lot that I just never was exposed. It's a different generation. It's a totally different childhood experience. Totally different. Oh my gosh. Totally different. And that's just with dolls. Um, That's dolls. We got other stuff to talk about. Addie Walker was, was the, as yes. uh, First. She was in slavery, right? Addie Walker was the historic doll. I think so. Yeah. Yep. I think she was because you know what, actually Vanessa, this is interesting. Now that I remember this, Vanessa really liked the Addie doll, but we didn't get the Addie doll, but we, I think we got the book or she checked out the book from the school library and she really struggled because there are some stories. Oh my gosh. I wish I could remember. There's some, some stories in the Addie book that were pretty, um, violent which is, you know, definitely real as you think of slavery and some of the different um, experiences the, um, you know, the young kids had, but like things that she witnessed of different beatings or something like that. And I remember Vanessa, which just goes to show her privilege, actually, um, it it was too hard for her to listen to. And so we couldn't finish the Addie books. I don't remember what age she was. Well, I'm just, I randomly Googled this article, have no idea what credit it has, but it was basically this article I'm reading right now is saying something like how the book was a little criticized because it was wallowing in black suffering. So that's really interesting that you guys experienced that as a reader. I mean, we talked about it, you know, it's, it's again, you know, when you're educating that that's the reality of, of the African-American experience. And so that story you know, and like I said, I don't know all the historic basis of the story and I don't remember the story specifics, yeah. but just in general, I do remember at the time, you know, even though she couldn't hear the words of that story, reminding her that this was their experience, you know, and, you know, for her to understand, you know, it's the whole idea of, you know, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to hear mm-hmm. her things, but she, I also had to be age appropriate for her at that time. Yeah. And um, that's just parenting coming in. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it wasn't sugar-coated because there was nothing glamorous about it. Uh, but now yeah, I feel like I could read it now. Uh, well, like, and it came out in 1993. She came out in 1993. So almost 10 years, no, um, like six, seven, eight years later, Addie Walker made her appearance in the American Girl doll line, yes. <clears throat> which is kind of a long time for a new doll to come out with, with more diversity. But at, at any rate, there was some representation with the American Girl dolls towards the end of the 80s. So yeah, it's interesting because interesting. 89 is when I remember the big movies and the Disney series coming out like Little Mermaid, but, but... Yes. In 1992, when I was six, and you would have been about 16, I imagine. 92, I was 17 and graduating from high school. You were, okay. So I was, I was seven. Mm -hmm. 
can't do the math. Anyways, I was around somewhere <laughs> and Aladdin came out. Aladdin came out and oh my God, I oh my look God. like Jasmine. She is oh, from yay. Southwest Asia. She's Middle Eastern air quotes. She was my girl. Everybody was like, Jasmine, Jasmine, Jasmine. Oh, finally you were seen. I was on the grid. It was like this whole thing. And now to this day, when there's like princess parties, I have requested Jasmine. Have a princess. I know. And so just to interject mom. for the audience, like Anahita said, that was in 1992. So now if you take, go back in time, that basically means little Lisa never, ever as a child had a brown princess. No, because the characters were not princesses. There were a lot of characters like bears and foxes. And all the princesses that did there exist. There were no princesses. Were. There was Sleeping Beauty in the 50s or whatever, but that was like way before your time. You didn't have any princesses yeah. growing up and nothing character-wise that really made you feel seen. Yeah. Uh, Didn't you say Disney kind of went through a rough patch there? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we were looking back. It was like late seventies, early eighties, or something. And and if you Google Disney, you can kind of read about it. But I know during that time there was some animation. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was really around Little Mermaid where they started to come alike again. And I don't know if that was management changes or or what happened from a they company came out with a movie or two every year after that and yep. significantly because Pocahontas came out in the and Pocahontas is my native sister. Look at her. That was so amazing when Pocahontas came out. And that's actually Vanessa's favorite Disney movie, Pocahontas and Mulan, which is funny because she doesn't always associate herself with ethnic characters um but she but maybe she does and I just don't know it because those are her two favorite movies and she'll give other reasons why but I wonder the resemblance I wonder the relatability and yeah. then Mulan, of course in 89 um I remember being drawn to Mulan because she was the most she's resembled me more than she, more than Belle did more than Cinderella did even though I, I'm not an Asian character well technically I'm Southwest Asian yeah. but um I didn't really get into the storyline until later but she was well, her story is amazing she's there um now we have Moana Raya Tiana Tiana, Tiana came out I was like Roya is well she came out way before Roya was born in 2009 but it just was like thank goodness that there's all these finally right Barbies. I mean yeah finally yeah because Tiana's the first African-American right she was uh New Orleans wasn't she she was yeah. from New Orleans yeah. yeah and then Raya just came out and thankfully Disney has started to gear away and I think we first kind of started seeing this with Frozen where it wasn't the prince charming it was yes there's these warrior women yeah yeah like Moana Mulan was like that now you mentioned Dora 
I'm totally changing gears from movies to characters, but Dora, she came out, I think, in 93, 99, 99. And she's know, Hispanic. Now. Yes, 99. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I don't think there is a Hispanic princess yet. No. Um, but Dora, yeah, Dora came out and and that and she was she was really popular. And, and Vanessa watched Dora a lot. She watched Dora. And you know what? The other thing that we were talking about before we jumped on here was, um, so I'm going to jump back and forth just a tiny bit um, as it relates to characters, because there's one I want to talk about that's pretty special to my life. Yeah. Um, but okay, yeah, Dora came out in 1999. Um, Vanessa watched Dora when she was little. And the other show that my son watched a ton when he was little was Sid the Science Kid. And that's one that I wanted to Google as well because I loved it. And I loved it for him because they were kind of puppet-like characters. So they had different colors, like their skin was purple or whatnot, but you could tell in their voices and their mannerisms and how they engaged with each other that it was actually a multicultural family. Like that's in my mind how I saw it. Yeah. Um, just in the things they referenced and just how they acted and their voices. So all of it combined together, it seemed like there were a lot of different races mm -hmm. in this family. And I loved it. And and he loved Sid the Science Kid. I mean, Sid the Science Kid was so awesome. He really, he still is. I think it's still oh, on PBS. He has the cutest songs too. And he was so like, him and his mom were so cute. I mean, we loved watching Sid the Science oh. Kid together. So you just pulled it up, Anahita. So does it say anything in here? 2008 is the Um, Let's take a look at Cass. Yeah, we should have, we should have looked at this before, but you know, this is in real time folks. Yeah. We're, we're exploring and sharing and. Sid the science he's met. Kid is ethnically mixed family. Oh, yeah. okay. What do we have? His mother. Go ahead. You tell us. <laughs> his tell mother us. is an African-American Christian. His father is Jewish. <gasps> Sid's family celebrates Christmas. Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Oh, I just got all the warm fuzzies. I have nothing else to add. I'm going to let you finish your Sid the Science Kid because oh. I'm just in so nostalgia right now. I just knew it. I remember when we started watching like this warmth that came over me because I knew this family was culturally mixed. I just knew it. And it just made me happy to see that even though it would, they were puppet characters, it was, it was, it was really um, beautiful to see and, and that it was just on TV and this was a family. Yeah. Um, yeah. That the representation and the voice was a big deal. Um, well, just side, even the things they talked about too. Yeah. You know, you I was tell. really, I, I watched a little bit of Sid the Science Kid. It came out in 2008. So I was already, you know, past the cartoony phase at that point. But yeah. Gullah Gullah Island was one that I watched a lot growing up. Um, and that was a mid nineties show. I found it. It only had four, maybe six seasons. I, wa I found it on the Noggin app last year. We watched it before they pulled it. But now I follow the, the actors and actresses on Instagram. And it was a real... Right husband and wife, they went by their real names. They talk about this community, um, the small population of 
of Black folks in the United States that are Gullah. And that was one of the first shows. Now we could have a whole other episode on shows and real-time movies and characters, but it's so fun going down memory lane. I know this is, this is exciting. Well, I wanted to wrap up chatting a little bit about Hello Kitty. If you don't mind, I know we have a few minutes left. Tell us about Hello Kitty. This is your Um, girl. Yeah. You know, I, so for those of you out there who don't know my, my prior experience before my entrepreneur pursuits and my narrative coaching and all of this um, beautiful conversations we're having here today with life in our skin, I was um, in corporate retail buying and retail business development. And I spent a good handful of years, uh, four or five years with Sanrio and they own the brand Hello Kitty. And it's really interesting how I was never a big Hello Kitty fan when I was young. I didn't really know much about her, but when I started learning about her, I really gravitated towards this character. And for those of you who don't know about Hello Kitty, it's, um, she is, it's a Japanese-based company and Hello Kitty herself really, really resonates a lot with underrepresented young girls. And as somebody who was bringing Hello Kitty into the retail space, she always constantly was over-indexing in African-American communities and Hispanic communities. And one of the really beautiful things about Hello Kitty is one of the reasons she resonated and still does with those communities is because First of all, she's a little girl. Hello Kitty is not a cat. She's actually a little girl. Um, And Hello Kitty doesn't have a skin tone. And she doesn't have a mouth. Hello Kitty speaks from her heart. And I think for those young girls who didn't have a princess that looked like them or didn't have a character, cartoon character that looked like them, Hello Kitty could be them, number one. And number two, if they're first language or the language their parents spoke or or whatnot, Hello Kitty doesn't have a language because she actually speaks from her heart. And so there's something really beautiful about that character that really really resonated with me being someone in the middle. And I just, you know, she's kind of come in and out of trend over the course of time. And, you know, Sanrio has had some amazing years and has had some years where there's been, you know, a lot of competition in the cartoon, you know, and in the entertainment industry, but she's really an evergreen type of character and um, continues to resonate a lot with, you know, women like us, young girls like us. So speaks from her heart. Talk about all these beautiful metaphors. I remember going to the Sanria store was a big deal. You you get your money, you go and you buy the folders, the stickers, the dolls, the, all the little accessories, stationery, and you got to work with your gal, Hello Kitty. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, I hope everybody enjoyed our conversation today. And maybe you can think back to your own childhood memories and the toys you played with and the cartoons you watched. And, and, you know, we hope that as the years go on, 
And as you know, companies begin to embrace diversity, inclusion, and belonging, that we can start to see more characters, more dolls, more shows, and shows is another conversation, another time, but a lot more represent, representation for our young girls. Both Anikina and I are, are raising young girls, and, and even for my son, you know, to be able to see the world, um, to be able to see us. Oh my gosh, if I can have a favorite episode, I would think this one is one of my favorites. <laughs> We're only five episodes in. Big hugs to little Anahita. Big hugs to little Lisa. Thanks for chatting dolls and Disney with me today. And <laughs> we'll chat with you soon, girl. Talk to you later. Bye, Bye everyone.